Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is May the 24th. 2019 strong hand long-term thinking bitcoin is the next bitcoin unconfiscatable one bitcoin equals one bitcoin personal responsibility is the new counterculture strong hand conviction okay cool shirts link to below all right we got alex on here from lolly you know him we got ed b gold ed finance background ed and we got money tricks no we don't have money tricks i don't know where the heck that dude is man what is up all right, now, so we're going to go like this. These two dudes were in New York for consensus. And I, I want to hear what's really going on, going on at consensus. People say it's so expensive. ICO people there, corporate people there. What was the flavor on the on, on the floor at consensus? Alex, what's Everybody up? Was, uh, it, was, it was Bitcoin. It was Bitcoin week. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about blockchain week, but... Uh, you would have loved it. Um, a lot of people were, I mean, Bitcoin was up. Um, the projects, I think that a lot of people criticized uh, last year and a lot of the um, token projects, I think, either run out of money or they didn't show up. Uh, I'm not sure Not sure what happened, but um, there was, and, and there was some really interesting projects. I think people working in blockchain and like uh, supply chain management, there was cool, there was just a lot of like activity and excitement. Uh, it was very positive. Uh, it was a great week. So I mean, people were up on Bitcoin again. Were, were they saying we, we're buying it? We're holding it? Yeah, I think like a lot of people that had uh, previously, like, you know, it, it, uh, last year um, were, were, were announcing all these like tokens or they were announcing, you know, being uh, in the ETH and, and um, they had come back to, to Bitcoin. So there was just even the projects that last year were focused on uh, token sales had come back to Bitcoin, were about Bitcoin. It was a lot of the messaging was Bitcoin related. Um, so it was just really, it was a really good week for, for Bitcoin. Mm, good. I'm glad it wasn't as corporate as I thought it might be. Ed, what was, what was your take on the floor there? I'm, I'm a good match with his, uh, his, uh, his situation. There was a lot less what I'd call tourists. Uh, last year I saw a lot more people who I, I think they were playing investors, but they may not have been investors, but they had some money to throw around and they, they came to show off. But when you talk to them, they really don't know anything. The, the crowd this year was much more informed. Almost everyone there really knew Bitcoin and really knew the crypto space. Everybody was either genuinely looking for interesting projects to invest in and to follow, or they had something that they were actually building and working on, or they had a real interest in the space. Um, so I, I thought it was a lot more realistic. Um, I, I know also there was the, uh, the, the, the preceding conference with all the developers, the uh, crypt, uh, crypt, uh, Magical Friends, um, they, I thought, might sort of suck away a lot of the developers because they had excellent uh, uh, guests, lots of developers, but they were all in town for consensus as well. So those were all present and active at consensus as well. So you had developers, you had projects, you had institutions, a lot of institutional stuff this year, and a lot of people who really knew what they're doing, who really knew about the crypto space. So I thought it was a much more useful thing than last year. And also, because it wasn't as crowded. I mean, last year we didn't just have booths. We had hallways full of booths, crowds of people trying to walk by and shout over each other and you couldn't have a good conversation. This year, the hallways weren't filled with extra booths. The hallways were filled with reporters doing sit downs with people. And on the, on the uh, convention floor, you can actually have conversations with people. It's not like it was empty. Every booth had lots of people talking, conversing, going through stuff, but you could actually have 
five and 10 minute conversations. When you connected with someone who's doing an interesting project, you could spend time getting into the meat of things and really make connections. Lots of business cards changed hands, lots of contact info changed hands. I got a ton of follow-ups that we're still doing. I'm getting hammered with follow-ups. I think it was a more productive consensus than last year. And I think it's gonna create more in the coming months than last year's would have. All right, good. I'm glad it was because you know beforehand, some of the talkers on, I mean, it, it's got a reputation as you know, this corporate ICO type of thing. So I'm glad it was productive for all and that, hey, people are, are waking back up to keeping it simple with Bitcoin. I like that. Pound that like button, everyone. Well, let's talk about some corporate aspects of the crypto world here because there's a story that's breaking and it's probably part of the reason that the price of bitcoin is pumping right now in terms of fiat of course all of us know that one bitcoin equals one bitcoin facebook is like basically publicly publicly said their coin is is coming soon and again i think it's a positive thing it brings attention to the space some newbies are going to get their hold on, get their hands on a cryptocurrency, um, and then and Facebook is talking about getting their coin to be on an exchange on exchanges, which is good because you'll be able to this whatever you think of Facebook coin, you'll be able to turn it into the real thing. That's my that's my opinion because Bitcoin is the real thing. Now let's let's get some predictions here. What because there it's there's it's still a little nebulous what this thing really is. Ed, how centralized do you think it is going to be? What do you think this is actually going to be? What do you think um, it's going to do to the crypto space, to the Bitcoin space? I think it's going to be very, very centralized. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, if you want to think about something like Venmo, I, I think it's going to be like Venmo, but connected to uh, them specifically. And they've already said, I think, that it's going to be a coin pegged to a basket of currencies. So they're trying to come up with some sort of international currency, but they're going to be managing the peg to, to an international basket of currencies, you know, dollars, pounds, euros, Japanese yen. Um, so it's, it's going to be very centralized. However, because they'll also be doing it as a cryptocurrency, because they'll be doing the, the security that way, it will add respectability to the crypto space. So it'll be good for the crypto space in general because it's another way of telling the mass audience crypto is the way to go. This is the way to secure funds. This is the way to transmit funds. This is the way to send stuff between countries without worrying about this fiat versus that fiat versus the other fiat. So it's good for the general mindset of the people who are complete no coiners and who are ignorant of crypto. But in terms of the coin itself that they're offering, I, I don't think it's going to be, be a real benefit to the crypto space at all. All right. Well, what's your take on it, Alex? Um, I think it's good for, I mean, it's good for Bitcoin. It's good for uh, crypto. It's good for the world. Um, I, I have a long view of stable coins and I think they, they do serve a purpose. Um, I, I think that like we are very lucky being in the U.S. and having the most stable currency there is. And, and so when you go outside the U.S., I think a lot of people in, an, in a perfect world would love a stable coin that is on a more stable currency. Um, I know with international commerce, when um, people will go place orders from, let's just say, Nigeria to um, uh, the U.K., um, it, it's very difficult to uh, transact because they're not sure, can, do you pay in uh, whose native currency? And so if you think about like large scale orders or even micropayments, um, and, and connecting the world through commerce, I think some sort of uh, network effect where somebody is paying someone in 
in their native token, in their native coin, and then being being able to receive in their native uh, currency is going to connect the entire world. Uh, and and I look, Facebook, I think, has not executed on payments uh, in the past. So I, I do wonder um, how effective they will be. But they have a billion people and it, they can connect people through their through Instagram, through WhatsApp, through Facebook.com. It's going to be in everybody's hands and it's going to be very, very, um, it's going to be there. And it's going to educate, you know, as Ed was saying, uh, it's going to educate people about the importance and validate the importance of cryptocurrency. And I think as a even a longer view, um, the more that we look at alternative currencies and better internet currencies, better digital cash, it drives more attention to Bitcoin. And we'll, like at first, I think what stablecoins are going to do, they're, they're going to consolidate all the, all the markets because you're going to say, why do I need my native currency if I could just be pegged to the US dollar or the euro or the Japanese yen? And so these, let's just say, I don't know how many currencies there are, 190 uh, major currencies. If that all consolidates down to a few uh, major currencies, every single time it consolidates, it makes Bitcoin more powerful and it makes a central currency or a central store of value uh, more powerful. And, and so this is like a really good step in the right direction. So I think like the next step in like where the, where the world will adopt, it will adopt stable coins across the world. And then they'll start to adopt Bitcoin more as a more uh, a better store of value, a decentralized store of value. Um, that's my uh, t uh, pers perspective. If I could, if I could jump in, I, I totally respect and agree with Alex's opinion on the value of stable coins, on the need for stable coins. There's there's a definite market need for stable coins, and a lot of people want them. I just don't think Facebook is going to be able to deliver on this. I, I have concerns because Facebook has fallen flat on security. Facebook has fallen flat on privacy. Um, I, I can't imagine them being a great custodian of people's currency. And that's what they're asking to be. If, if you want to trade in their coin that they're managing, that they're centrally holding, they are your custodian. I, I can't remember how many, but it's a slew over the years of people sending me messages saying, hey, if you got messages on Facebook, it wasn't me. I'm sorry. My account was hacked. My account was stolen. Yeah, that's obviously not the account you want to use to hold funds in. Now, maybe people adopt it for small amounts of funds. I'm sure it's going to make a big splash, and I'm sure it'll help the crypto space in terms of the educational and awareness side of things. But I, I wouldn't trust Facebook with my spending, especially the way they've been sharing uh, user demographic and, and user data with other companies. Do you want them also sharing your spending with other companies? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure they're going to be able to take off. So I, um, I, will, I will add, um, I, I've, I, have, I've, I met with the, the payments team um, a lot over the last seven years, uh, mainly with my last company. Uh, okay. We built this e-commerce gateway. And I, I will say it's one of the smartest payment teams I have ever met. I was for as little as they do in payments, it, as far as like, that's like, that's public facing. Five years ago, the stuff that they were, that they had was unbelievable. And I think because like, it's very difficult for ad based companies to transition into commerce based companies. And they, their marketplace, I think does well. Um, but I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, Privacy and security, I think, are different, and I don't think that that their security, I think, is like pretty top notch. And I have never, like, I wouldn't be scared to give them my payment information. I think that, like, I'm scared of what personal information I share with them and how much they know about me and my my habits um, online, um, and and will they keep that safe? But I think market forces are encouraging them and incentivizing them to lean 
on on privacy. I think Apple has paved the way when Tim Cook rolls into Congress and he says, I can't like even if you wanted to request this data about our customers, like you can't because we don't even have access to it. Like I, I think that that's the precedent that that public companies that are that big need to set. And then you look at what Microsoft is doing. Unbelievable like precedent. And when you have two of the biggest tech companies in the world saying we like people have to own and control their data and that is important for business. And whereas like Facebook sort of was uh, took the approach of they always were looking out for the advertisers and not the consumers. And now they've seen that it's hurting their business. And and so as people start to um, like privacy in, in the history of the world is so new and so foreign to human beings, like we have always been incentivized to share everything. We were incentivized to say, um, there's a lion down by the watering hole. Like Ed, don't go, don't go by there because you'll get eaten. Like we've we've always been incentivized to share everything so that we stay alive. And and so in the course of humanity, I don't think that privacy is like native to us. And now we're we're incentivized to share to uh, not share and to keep things private because we have so much important data that's out there that is 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 so important to us. And so it's up to both companies like ours and companies at the scale of Facebook and Microsoft and Apple to protect us as consumers. And I think Facebook is now starting to realize that their business is going to be dramatically affected if they do not. I'm not sure I agree with you on the evolutionary biology. We, we might have been incentivized to share a lot with our in-group, with our tribe, but not so much with the other tribes. You know, you don't want the best hunting grounds being hunted out by all the other tribes in your area. You might, you might, you might be incentivized to keep that to your in-group. Um, but on the broader I've gotten way bigger. We we are have not like our yeah. tribe is arguing the entire world and it's like, a different world, but we didn't involve in this world. We involved in the prior one. But let's let's not get into that. Um, I want to respond to what you said about Facebook. Um maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're doing the technology really well. And I'm not questioning their security on the back end. I'm questioning whether people will be willing to trust Facebook as the place that they're going to consider secure for their funds. And <clears throat> I'm questioning Facebook's ability to do an easy, simple interface that the Facebook community as a whole will use, which is safe. Um, Facebook users are not the safest internet users, generally speaking. So I'm, I don't know how they're going to bridge the gap between users who are so easily socially engineered and some sort of system that's going to make them safe, but won't at the same time make it so obtrusive to try and use. You know, Venmo is super easy, but you know, people aren't going on Venmo to send each other messages from grandma that can actually be phishing ploys. You know, so it, it, the separation makes the security a little bit easier to implement. Facebook has a tough road to hoe if they want to make themselves secure and convince people that they are secure. People trust WhatsApp every day with their messages back and forth. And if you yep. give somebody a low or no fee um, transfer across uh, what, how many people do they have? Like 500 million like users that are already using it cross-border. Um, I, I think you could make a compelling argument that it's like, if you make it as simple as Venmo, like the thing, the thing that makes Venmo and Cash App so powerful is it's it has it, it has this sort of like network effect. You pay one person and then that person trusts you. Um, and people trust them with their messages. And a lot of people, I, I, I think the saddest part about humanity right now is that they, people have such a hard time caring about privacy and you and I and, and Adam, we, we all care about privacy and we're trying to be advocates for privacy, but it's so hard to get people to care about privacy. Like, the, you know, the, the people go get hacked on their credit card and they just, the credit card companies go and say, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Everything's good. We'll pay for it. And then people just have not never been really incentivized um, to 
to care about privacy. And, and I hope that they never almost have to be. I hope there's not like a traumatic uh, event where like everybody has to care about it. It should be the, the, the responsibility of the public companies to uh, look out for people, but we'll see. We'll see. I think there actually will be a traumatic event uh, that will affect a lot of, that will change people's mind on privacy. The smart, smart, because there are a lot of smart people who are just like, ah, I don't care. I don't care. I, I think, I think there's going to be some unimaginable hack one day and uh, people are going to learn a, a hard, hard lesson. I, I don't want that to happen, but just, I, I there is so much irresponsibility in, in the, uh, in the world in terms of people's uh, private information. I mean, there, there'll be something big one day, I think. And, and yeah. but but the uh, but also still most people won't learn, but a lot of people will learn. I don't there have that. been lots of tragic hacks, ab absurdly stupid things that happen to breaches of data, and people aren't learning. Uh, so it have to be something pretty big that affects a lot of people personally for people to really learn. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, Alex, I love that insider info you gave about you, you talk to the Facebook people and everything. You only get that kind of stuff here, people. Pound that like button and Roman in the uh, chat, he gave his opinion on this. So there are some people that got a bad taste in their mouth about Facebook. I'll just say that. He said, how long will it take for Facebook to start fractionally reserving their coin? When Facebook <laughs> coin implodes, the mass exodus from Facebook coin into Bitcoin will be beautiful. Yes. Well, <laughs> that, 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 that's one take on it. I will say this about Facebook coin. It is free marketing for Bitcoin, it, it, indirect marketing. People are going to look, whoa, what's this cryptocurrency thing? And they're, they're going to find out about uh, about Bitcoin. So I, I appreciate the, the free marketing. I, I, I don't want I don't want there to be a Facebook coin disaster. I, I, I don't want people that get a bad taste in their mouth about crypto. So let's hope there's no uh, fractional reserving of their coin or any any uh, any wildness going on there. But they, they're friends with the government. They can they get away with a lot of stuff if they want to, I guess. But let's hope that doesn't happen. All right. So let's moving on. Let's talk about the copyright pump of the week. Uh -huh. um, so someone out there uh, copyrighted a. Uh, something that a lot of us are familiar with, with the uh, the Bitcoin white paper. And well, did uh, did it that, that it got a lot of news and maybe that was the goal of it. And it, it pumped a, a certain altcoin. Who was that? How, how about that, Ed? How about that? Who, who was that that did that copywriting trick? I, I don't know. Some people, you know, people who claim to be Satoshi Nakamoto, all sorts yeah. of wildness is, is, is going Ooh, out there I, again. I, if I if I read things right, the 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 copyright also included the original code, which is just remarkable um, because the original code, when you look at it, includes in it the line saying that this is released under MIT open source license. You you can't come out under a, a copyright that literally gives people rights to copy and then go back and say, wait, 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 I'm going to claim the right for all these copies that have been out there in the wild for 10 years. It's it's. It's not just silly, it's imbecilic to do this. Um, but again, you know, when when the copyright notice was put in, the first people to respond saying, wait, 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 we haven't validated this, were the US Copyright Office. They came out and said, we accepted this because there was a $25 filing fee or whatever it is. Um, that just means it's on record. It, it doesn't mean that we agree that it's true. It doesn't mean that it's been defended. But boy, did she, it cause a huge market reaction, even though it actually has no substance. Oh, and also no risk. A, a lot of people have been talking about the fact that he has the copyright. You know, there's a, there's a penalty for putting in a false copyright claim. The penalty is only 2,500 bucks. 
compare the cost of a $2,500 fee for putting in a false claim versus the enormous bump in price that that hit BSV on the day that the copyright news came out. Yeah, that would be money well spent if I were uh, you know playing a coin. Uh, I mean, what do you think about what does this say to the market, uh, the the altcoin market to outsiders? That something like this. I mean, what do, what do you think about the altcoin market when you see something like this happen? Ed, Are you uh, asking me or Alex? Yeah, I'll stick with Ed on this. I'll get okay. to Alex. Exactly. My, my simple answer is there are a lot of traders. And on any coin that's thinly traded or only on a couple of exchanges, there's a tremendous potential for it to bump up, especially if there are people taking short positions. And I don't know that there is margin trading allowing for short positions on BSV, but that could cause a squeeze. But yeah, there are lots of people who are out there to speculate. You know, there aren't a lot that I'm aware of people who are holders who are accumulating BSV. Everybody who was a holder that I know accumulate things like Bitcoin. But there are lots of people who are willing to play and trade any coin out there. I mean, all the trading you see in XRP, nobody's holding XRP. Nobody wants to hold ripples. But the trading activity that we used to see, in it, that thing bumped up over three bucks, right? People who are just short-term traders, they just want to jump on while the rubes keep buying so they could dump at the top. That's kind of what I think we're seeing on things like BSV, especially when there's news that might cause people to make the mistake of thinking it's for real and pile into it. You know, it went up 100% in the course of, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. That kind of double up doesn't mean there's, you know, real investment happening. That means there's, there's speculators playing their odds and gambling because they saw a piece of news and they hope they can get out at a better price than the other rubes coming after them. All right. Alex, what was your take on this uh, event from this week? Did you notice it? No. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we were building every day. We, we launched uh, we launched some really cool stuff over the last couple of weeks. I, I, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, I stay in touch with the news. There's just like so much going on that, uh, in my opinion, this doesn't matter. Uh, and it's just a distraction. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in the, the business of like trading coins. We, we offer one thing, and that's Bitcoin. And like every day we just think about how do we distribute Bitcoin to more people? I think that's the most important thing that I think about. Um, and we're, you know, super focused. So I love, I love coming on the, um, the, um, the show to like learn and to hear about all the new stuff going on. And I think that, um, you know, every once in a while I, you know, I take a step back and try to figure out what's going on in the space so that directionally I don't get like left behind. Um, I, I like stable coins, I think are a really interesting thing as we start to go international. Um, I think, um, at some point, I think like other, um, I, 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 I want, I, I think it would be interesting to see like, um, what would, what is out there that would ever replace Bitcoin? I think it's important to, um, keep an open mind. And every time that I, I look, I can't find it, but it's good to, it's good to look. And I think it's good to be open-minded. Um, and, and, uh, but right now, yeah, we're just really focused on building. We had a massive launch of like our new Firefox extension. Uh, we just launched our first food delivery partner so you can order food get Bitcoin back, take, make Bitcoin part of your everyday life. Um, but yeah, that's the stuff we're focused on right now. I, I love that answer. Alex does not get distracted by the crypto <laughs> noise, okay? The thing is, is clearly in this space, there are a lot of people who fall for the crypto noise and it, it, it can be annoying, but I, I'm glad you are a clear thinker. I'm glad you are focused on Bitcoin being the next Bitcoin. That, that is the answer to your question. You know, people wonder what might be the next Bitcoin. No, Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Pound that like button. Well, Alex, since you're working so hard on Lolly, 
And people are curious. People have asked me, they're like, what would you, what would you tell a newbie on, you know, or Adam, if you didn't already have a, a Bitcoin, how would you try to get Bitcoin? And one thing I forgot to say was, well, you can, if you actually buy stuff, uh, you can buy stuff and earn Bitcoin through Lolly. That is a good way for new people to get Bitcoin and get introduced to Bitcoin. So again, you just gave us a brief, uh, a brief glimpse into what's going on with Lolly. But tell tell us some of the big big news. Uh, yes, the, so we next week we're announcing a bunch of new partnerships um, with a whole different like a whole bunch of different categories. Um, but yeah, there's been I guess since I was last on the show. Um, I guess for those of you who don't know, uh, Lolly makes it really easy for you to earn Bitcoin when you shop online. Uh, and these are buying the things that you're you're already buying, uh, things that you need, groceries, uh, travel, um, food delivery, um, clothes, whatever you need. Um, we we cover we're across 750 top merchants. So we got Walmart, Jet, Priceline, Overstock, um, Everlane, um, Sephora, like whatever you need online. Like pretty much, we can get you Bitcoin back. Um, our average is seven percent um, Bitcoin back. Um, a cool little stat that. Um, we've seen since we launched. So when we launched, Bitcoin was at 3,500, and now it's uh, around 8K. So a lot of our early users, people who have never had Bitcoin before, um, have only seen their Bitcoin double, um, which is really exciting. And I think as, as everyone sort of um, like, I'll admit, like when I first looked at Bitcoin, I think one of the things that attracted me to it was the price. I was like, oh, I can make some money off of this. And but then once you um, make a little bit of money. You you're like okay, well, why are people investing in this? What is what is behind it? And and it drew my attention and it kept my interest. And then you start to look into the principles. And now I'm like way beyond the just making money off of it. I think it's a new world currency. It connects us all through commerce. It's the most incredible technology I've seen since I like you know first got a computer and and you know started on dial up on the internet. Like it's it's just an incredible technology that I think we all agree like is changing the world. But how do you drive attention to that technology in a real way? And I think you have to give everybody skin in the game. And that's the real core value proposition of Lolly is it gives everybody skin in the game with doing something that they're already going to do, which is shop online. Wow. That, there you go, people. He's more than a golden holder there. This is, this is Ed, do you have thoughts on the, the whole Lolly concept? Uh, I, I do. I do. Now, one thing that I really love about Lolly, and I can't emphasize this enough, it's the first big uh, merchant-related play that I've seen that isn't causing crypto to leave the ecosystem. It's causing people to put money into the crypto ecosystem. Um, another piece of big news this week, I don't know if we'll get to talk about it, was AT&T uh, saying they're going to take crypto for payments. But the way they're doing it is people will pay with crypto and they'll immediately cash it out to fiat. So it's really crypto dumping. Lolly is the opposite. Lolly is people spending their fiat and getting their rewards into crypto. So it's creating new holders. It's bringing investment into the industry. I don't think that can be emphasized enough. Dude, I, Alex, I Alex, you got to love this guy giving you free marketing. <laughs> like, that was, man, he should be your marketing dude. That was pound that like button, people. Alex, take it away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thank you uh, for seeing that. I think that it's, um, I, I'm, I think at a certain point in the future, it would be wonderful for people to both like spend Bitcoin and earn Bitcoin back. Um, but you're right. It's, it's, it goes directly back into fiat and these institutions are not set up. They, they're just like happy to get money in general. And, but you're totally right. Nobody talks about that. It's not about spending the Bitcoin and sure. It's like, 
if you're looking at network activity, it's a good it's good for like investors. Um, but really, I mean, it's the, the thing. One of the reasons, like that, you know, why we created uh, Lolly is you're putting fiat in, and then you get Bitcoin back, and slowly exactly. over time, over many years, like think about it. If every single time you get seven percent back, and you're putting all this money in, you're accumulating more and more wealth in Bitcoin. And so very quickly you get to 1% of your wealth, then you'll get to 5% of your wealth, then 10% of your wealth will be in this like lolly wallet. And over time you're like, holy shit, I'm now 5% of my wealth is in this Bitcoin thing. Maybe, hopefully it continues to go up, which I think it will, the more people, the, the more uh, oh, sure. effects that occur and the more merchants that accept it. And then the other, the other thing is the merchants love it because it drives a new customer to their, to their, um, to their store so the merchants are happy and like I, I try to tell people i'm like the best thing you, you can do for bitcoin is like and i'm biased but like if you talk about lolly and you're like when amazon like when uh glossier when any of these merchants wayfair all these merchants that we're trying to get every single time you tweet about it i'm putting together a list i'm sending it to the merchants and i'm like join our fucking platform so, oh, sorry sorry adam my bad i got really excited i know i'm not <laughs> keep going baby so sorry, uh, audience. Um, I got really excited there. So every time that people tweet, everybody, every time people want merchants to come on the platform, I'm going and sending it to them. I'm bringing it into into my sales meetings, and that's how we've gotten uh, like over 750 merchants on the platform. And I personally think that, like, like Ed, to your point earlier, when you when you go to a merchant and you say, "Hey, accept Bitcoin," like I want you to accept Bitcoin. Like they might do it because there's an audience that like a very small population that wants to spend Bitcoin, but the audience that wants to earn Bitcoin is just way greater and way more active. And so if, if, if you're looking for like network activity on microtransactions, like we're doing way more activity on like actual like volume and, and transactions than I think probably any payment network is. Um, Cause every time you buy you, we're, we're going and buying Bitcoin and we're sending it to your Lolly wallet, like play that out across a million users. That's, that's where I think Bitcoin really takes off. And then we'll go back to the Walmarts of the world in five years, two years, where, whatever it takes. And I say, hey, Walmart, you've, we've sent you a, uh, $50 million in sales. Why don't you think about accepting Bitcoin? And then we can start to drive Bitcoin transactions in payments and in earning and have this like loop effect where like maybe they're holding Bitcoin at that point. Maybe like there's an incentive for them to hold Bitcoin and fiat. And then we'll transition the merchants off of fiat as well. What I want to see uh, like a year or two from now is your user stories. Cause I know, you know, when I get to the end of the year and I look, Oh, my discover card, I got, I got like a hundred back in cashback rewards. That's awesome. Uh, except with lolly holders a year or two from now, it's going to be, Oh, I got a hundred dollars worth back, but it's now worth over a grand. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, the, the, the shock and joy they're going to experience is, is going to be pretty awesome to see. So right now our users at like a little over 2x. Uh, so I think effectively people have earned for, uh, like 14% back, I think on average, uh, that were like the early users that got in at 35 or earned at 3,500. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's like the more and more stories like that, it's going to be the cyclical effect of if everyone can start to say, it, just in our case, that um, we're our, I mean, I think Ebates is already better than like any cashback program because they have just different deals. It's more of a marketing budget than it is a interchange fee budget. And, and so we're coming in with that same budget. And, you know, I, my last company was bought by Ebates. We know all the same partners. We've worked with all these retailers for the last seven years. 
And so I'm going to tell them the same story that Ebates is, but to our users, if they can go double, triple, quadruple their, their savings, like users are so shoppers are, like in the U S and, and in the world are so sharp at this point, And they know all these Bitcoin or all these like point schemes. And there's the reason why the points guy is so popular. He teaches people how to game all these point systems that are gaming them. And, and then with the cash back programs, there's so many right now and they're all sort of convoluted. We're the first and, and I think the best um, in the Bitcoin back space. And so the more and more we tell these user stories to your point where someone's like double, triple, quadruple their savings, it's they're going to get smarter and smarter. And a hundred thousand people are going to go tell 10, everyone's going to go tell 10 people. And it's going to be a million people. And it's a certain point. Um, I, I hope that we have this sort of escape velocity, not with just Lolly, but with Bitcoin in general. And I, you know, I don't care if people don't want to use Lolly, if they, as long as they're using Bitcoin and they're sharing Bitcoin with people and we sort of kickstart that, I, I think we're going to be in a really good space. Yeah, and there's, a, there's an irony here I just want to add. You know, these people are becoming very savvy with their points program and their credit cards and their bonuses and their sales, but they're typically not very savvy investors. But what yeah. Lolly is effectively doing them, it, it's turning them into people who are investing with dollar cost averaging. You know, if yes. you're consistently investing a little bit and, you know, not paying attention to the fluctuations in the price of the coin, you're dollar cost averaging. And that is a very smart investment strategy that most people can't seem to execute on. Um, the only thing that I'll really differ with you on is I, I wish you guys were offering rewards in more than one crypto. You know, I am ex explicitly pro Bitcoin, always have been, always will be. But I'm also pro other coins as well. I would love to see more of this happening with other coins as well. I struggle with that. Um, I, I'm, I'm personally like longest Bitcoin and I think it's already served. It's like it, it, it's proven its value to society. Um, and I here's the here's the issue is like right now, uh, Lolly is a is a very centralized organization. And um, I believe in a free market and I want people to buy and earn and do whatever they, they want to do. And the market should determine what the best currency is. I should not determine that. And sure. And so um, I, I struggle with this idea. Like we honestly have not had a lot of requests for any other coins. And, and with every other feature that we've offered, it's always come at the request of our users. So I could, you could make a strong argument that Lolly is like free market in that anyone can do whatever they want with their Bitcoin. Their Bitcoin is their Bitcoin. And, and so you can transfer it off. You can buy whatever currency you want. So that's where I don't feel bad about just offering Bitcoin because it enables you to get into any other currency without convoluting this message. I think it's a very important to, to keep, in, keep in mind who our target market is. It's it's not just like the Bitcoin maximalists that we absolutely love and, and have really done an amazing job of spreading Lolly with everybody um, and sharing it with their mom, their sister, their dad, their like friends from back home, wherever whoever it is. Like I think we've created the easiest tool for people to share with people. And part of it that I think is really important and, and like why we're into why we're just offering Bitcoin is not just a personal decision; it's also a marketing decision. Um, people have, I think, a very difficult time understanding the value of all these different currencies because it's all so new. So when you explain Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all these other things, it it, cre it creates too much confusion for people that are just getting into the space. And so I personally think that you need a gateway drug into the space, and then you can decide whatever you want once you're knowledgeable. You could go decide that. You know, you want to go build with a decentralized um, a token and you want to go build an Ethereum. But you, I think, need to know about something. You need to know about a decentralized currency first. And 
I personally think that it's just like it needs you need sort of a gateway drug. And if Lolly's the gateway drug, people should be able to do whatever they want with their money. It's their money. I just I, I sort of want to take a step back of that. And and at some point we're gonna have to offer other currencies. I don't know if, how much I'll like feature others. Um, it should be up to our users. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not faulting your decisions. Um, and like you know, you're part of the market. The market will decide. Um, I just think people are a little savvier than you might be thinking, and maybe you have a little bit too much of a, a U.S.-centric point of view. But I, I find that outside of the U.S., at least, people are a lot savvier about the idea of multiple currencies. Uh, it's it's a natural part of life, pretty much everywhere when you leave the U.S. So so I think it'll come more naturally to people in most of the world than you might think. Well, yeah, and I'm open to it. And we're we're U.S. only for right now. We're hyper focused on like having the absolute best customer experience. Uh, we're going to be expanding to Canada next, which is a similar market. We have a lot of similar partners. I talk, like we've already started talking with partners with partners in like Singapore and Japan, Korea, um, UK. And as you're, you're totally right, um, they've been way more. Uh, they've been way bigger advocates for other currencies. And I believe in a free market. I don't want to be. Um, determining what people earn the same way that I don't want the U.S. to make me use a certain currency. Um, I want to be able to pick what I what I want. So uh, thus, I have to be empathetic. I have to be open, and and I'm all ears. So um, yeah, I can have my own beliefs, but that shouldn't be the belief of our entire community and all all users. And I'll say this, you know, if if there is a demand for a Litecoin lolly or a B Gold lolly, someone should start a competitor. You know. <laughs> And if people want to earn altcoins, they, there could be a competitor to Lolly, the, the altcoin Lolly. I mean, I'm not, they're not going to use the name Lolly, but you get the point, people. You, <laughs> you definitely get the point. So maybe something like that will spring up. Who knows? But for now, we got Lolly. They're doing it with Bitcoin. It's great. Uh, free marketing for Bitcoin, just like I said, the Facebook thing was this This is great. And it's not, it's not selling Bitcoin. Like, I'm offended by AT&T selling Bitcoin, whatever, whatever's going on there. But yeah, Ed, Ed put it nicely. This is the opposite of what those uh, corporations are doing that accept Bitcoin and then immediately sell it, which I am, of course, offended by selling. Pound that like button. Well, let's uh, let, let's move on. It was a uh, it was pizza, the pizza anniversary. Speaking about selling, um, you know, when the guy uh, sold his bought pizza for so many Bitcoin. And we are reminded uh, of the uh, gold aspects of Bitcoin. Uh, that is, a, it's a, it's a it can be a preservation of wealth, and you might not want to spend it on a pizza because it might be worth. Uh, you might be able to buy much more than a pizza in the future. But um, it, it, it reminds us, uh, and, and you know, Peter Schiff has lately been uh, in debates about gold and Bitcoin. We've, gold has come back in, onto the scene again. The, the drop gold campaign by uh, GBTC. Is uh is Bitcoin living living gold's dream? What what is the uh what is your take here, Ed, on on, on the future of, of gold? And uh, is is Bitcoin are young people going to buy gold, or, or is it just are they just going to get straight into digital gold? I I don't think young people are going to buy gold. Um, I think young people are going to go into digital because they are into what's new, what's coming, and what's going to be the future, not what was the past. Um, when I talk to my nieces, you know, I can't do it on a phone call because they won't answer their phone. They'll only text, you know, so they're not they're not going back to the old stuff. Um, I, I think gold has been a wonderful thing historically. I know there are a lot of gold bugs out there in the cypherpunk space. Um, but honestly, I, I, I don't think it is the wave of the future. It's not going to be the way to hold your funds in the future. Crypto is going to be the cryptos that are good stores of value like Bitcoin are going to take the place of gold 
not just when it comes to you know investing in and in a growing store of value, but also as a, a risk hedge. You know, a lot of people say gold is the greatest inflation hedge. When you look back historically, it doesn't look like a good inflation hedge, but it looks like a good risk hedge. Whenever there's tremendous risk in the market, which tends to often coincide with high inflation periods. Whenever there's a big risk period in the market, gold turns out to be a good hedge because people flee to the safety of gold. Well, we're now hitting the time where people might start fleeing to the safety of crypto. Um, right now, this morning, there were a lot of tweets out about the, uh, the rise in the uh, uh, S&P 500 uh, short positions. You know, the short interest is going up and up and up. You know, the S&P might be coming down. Well, when the S&P comes down, as people are pulling out their money, which is what makes it come down, where are they going to put that money? Where are they going to feel safer? Is it going to be gold? You know, gold that they can't hold, gold that they can't transfer, gold that they can't bring with them if they go overseas? Or is it going to be Bitcoin? Is it going to be crypto? I, I think more and more of it's going to be crypto, which is going to lead to a rise in crypto as the traditional markets go through an inevitable cyclical recession. Uh, Alex, your your take on gold and, and savings in general, I guess you're you. I mean, you you're in the consumer space here, which is not about savings. But I, what's going on with the you're you're in your head with gold? Mm, I just don't care about it. <laughs> just like, it's like I I mean, sure, like it's it it's 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 been a store of value. Um, I think it's like really tough. It, it's it's the more I, I've learned about gold, just as be, like I think. If you're interested in Bitcoin, it's important to understand the history of money and the history of this like store of value. Um, but every time I research gold, it, it, it makes me realize like that like it validates Bitcoin. So um, it validates uh, is like I, I just I think it's important that it can't be replicated and it's it's set out there. I think that there's really like when people make the whole like energy debate about like how much um, it costs to create Bitcoin. Um, but it's like, I always point them to gold. Like how much do you think it costs to go mine like gold? That's like such an expensive and not energy efficient um, way, but it's turning energy into money. And it's like, why, you know, it's like, that's exactly what Bitcoin does as well. So um, I don't know. I think, I think it's important for the world to understand the value of gold. I, I think like investors, when they look at like stores of value and ups, up markets and down markets and everything, like, Hopefully, the more and more percent that would have gone to gold will start to go to Bitcoin, um, and and we'll see. I think like the next recession that we have that's inevitable. Um, I, it's going to be really interesting to see what like of this trillion dollars of you know wealth, where does it go? Where do investors put their money? And if they put it into Bitcoin, it's going to be great validation. And at a certain point, I think people are going to just start to put more and more of their money. Countries are going to start to put more of their money in Bitcoin because it's accessible, where gold is not accessible. To, to all people and it's it's definitely not accessible to all countries um, and we're start, starting to like see that um, with Venezuela like Venezuela tried to get their gold back um, from my understanding and and the UK is like yeah no you can't like it's ours it's like if, if the number one store of value in the world is not accessible to everybody they're like well, well I'm gonna go find another store of value that is accessible start to think how like that plays out the more hyperinflations we have, like that's where it gets really interesting for for Bitcoin to start replacing gold. All right, golden hold in terms of Bitcoin. Well, that, that now that we're talking about an old school uh, store of value, uh, which uh, young people seem like they won't be buying. Uh, and uh, I, I want to hear speaking about old school. Uh, did any of you hear that Bitcoin was talked about on a show called Sixty Minutes? 
this, I've, uh, this Sunday. I've heard of 60 Minutes. That, that might have been on my parents' television when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you did you hear that they brought up uh, that there was a there they mentioned uh, they did a story on Bitcoin on 60 Minutes? I, I I didn't hear, and I haven't had a television for years. I I cut the cord a decade ago. So, Alex, how about you? Did you hear about that story? I, I heard about it. I have not watched it yet. I probably need to. The nice part was like my mom and my dad and a few friends back home texted me because uh, I guess they think of me when they think of, when they see anything in the news that's related to Bitcoin. Uh, and they were just like, hey, did you, did you see the the uh, the show? And like, should I buy? Uh, and, I'm, and I you know send them a link for Lolly and, and call it a day. So, um, uh, yeah, I've not I've not uh, seen it yet, but I'd like to. You know, that's, and Alex, this is, and this is the point that I'm trying to make here. Uh, I had a similar story. My mother says, my mother says that my grandmother just called her and she's scared about Bitcoin because she just watched some 60 minutes thing that mentioned Bitcoin and it kind of uh, freaked her out a little bit. There was a negative tone, she thought. So that there are people out there like Peter Schiff who tried to say that the 60 minutes thing was a, it was, it was, he had a whole conspiracy theory about it, that it was all, all the Bitcoin people knew it was going to happen. That's the reason it pumped. Oh, it, hey, it's great that older people are, are finding out about Bitcoin. 60 Minutes, it, it clearly does not appeal to the uh, the market that's probably watching this show right now. And uh, they, they, they're they free to fud on it or say good things about it. It The world is a changing, just like the world is moving away from gold. The world is moving away from TV networks uh, having a big influence on uh, things like Bitcoin. So I, I, uh, I, 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 I like to hear that. Uh, it's it's interesting to hear that no one watches it anymore. So uh, the Bitcoin Meister show is the is the new sixty minutes. <laughs> Pound that like button. I, I like that. All right, all right. So we're we're getting toward our uh, end of the show here. We got to end it in in nine minutes, actually. Oh, I, I do want to say uh, more talk uh, more talk about uh, banks uh, banning people. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, talk about uh, you know social media platforms kicking off people, and the next thing is. Is banks kicking off uh, unwanted people? Uh, for me, the, the answer and woe is me. What shall we do? I mean, woe is me. What shall we do? I think the answer is already out there. I think it is Bitcoin. What do you, what do you guys think? Have you heard about these uh, people getting kicked off of their banks, Ed? Um, I've heard of people getting kicked out of banks, but it wasn't usually for anything they do or uh, on, in social or anything they say or positions they hold. Uh, when I follow the news about people being kicked out of bank, it's usually because they were, you know, pushing too much money through and you know, taking their cash, sending it to Coinbase to buy more Bitcoin because they're they're doing you know over-the-counter sales, you know, local Bitcoin, that kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and that kind of thing, I, I want to see less of. I want to see better regulation around crypto so that people could buy and sell crypto without it being some sort of crime to buy and sell personal property. Um, but yeah, I, I, I miss the news about anyone being banned by a bank because of any positions they hold. Yeah, it's just it's around social media now. You have people saying, oh, people got banned from PayPal and then some people. Uh, they can't do businesses with banks, or they're getting letters. Yeah, there's, it, it's I th for me, it's just a matter of time until banks uh, kick people out for for their uh, opinions. So they're, me, they're already doing it for uh, marijuana in the marijuana industry. They're they're picking up crypto quicker than most industries because most of them can't get banking arrangements um, yeah. because there's this discrepancy between state laws and federal laws and. You know, if you can't get a banking relationship, you end up having a lot of cash and crypto. And, you know, that's that's happening there. Uh, but that's a matter of the business being not legal under the current set of laws because the people don't have the freedom to do what they want. 
I, I say to the people of the world who are not into Bitcoin yet, you have been warned. Uh, banks uh, can be arbitrary if, if they want to. Just They can be just as arbitrary as uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, and YouTube. Uh, so, so be prepared. Uh, Alex, any, any thoughts on bannings? Any thoughts? A a anything. We're, we've reached the end here. So you can... Uh, Bring up lolly stuff. Anything that any stories that you think we forgot to bring up this week? Anything? So, I mean, on the banking note, I mean, I think that um, businesses have to serve the consumer, and the consumer will always win and and determine uh, what businesses do. So, um, businesses that are not friendly to a, a world that is starting to accept cryptocurrencies, those banks will fail. And, and so I, I like you, you look just with like business, like Silicon Valley bank and Silvergate have done incredibly well, uh, serving crypto customers and like that we, we love our banks. Like, um, I, I, they, I have no issue with them. They've been supportive from day one. They always look out for us. Um, banks, I don't think are bad. Um, I think that there are nefarious characters in all areas and in, there have been a lot of nefarious characters in the banking world. That have not served customers but look what it's done to wells fargo like I, I you go look at like chase bank and chase bank has done like a lot of good um they offer rewards they always serve the customer like the consumer goes there there will be another bank that is like a crypto first bank that is a bitcoin first bank and that will serve a, another customer and the other banks will either have to accept bitcoin and hold our bitcoin and securely and modernize or they'll get left behind by crypto first banks. Um, there's plenty of exchanges that look like banks at this point that are serving the customer. So um, the market will evolve or they'll get left behind. Mm, I like a positive take evolution of banks into uh, crypto friendly banks or crypto banks. Uh, it's a positive take on uh, life. Um, all right, uh, any other uh, conclusionary thoughts uh, on your part? Anything that was left out of the show? Uh, some, some more lolly info, everybody loves that. Um, yeah, I, I, we just launched food delivery. I think it's like, it's my new favorite way to earn Bitcoin. So I'm going to do food delivery anyway when I'm feeling lazy. Um, so we just launched with this partner called Caviar. Uh, they're in about 30 different cities. Um, I'm really excited also to like, it's attracted all these other food partners that came out of the woodworks that I've been trying to meet with for the last uh, seven months. And they've all now wanted to get on Lolly. So that's been good. We should be announcing a few more in the next couple months. Um, but I, I think that's going to be really big. It's uh, us uh, over the next six months to a year is about making Bitcoin part of a ritual, uh, making it part of everyday life that's not just fixed on price. Price will be will keep your interest, but just having skin in the game is something we're trying to do. So um, I would encourage everyone if you're just trying to like use Lolly and just figure out like you know whether it's groceries, whether it's travel, um, food delivery is like a nice little way to like um, earn Bitcoin. So check out it's trycaviar.com. You can download Lolly. It's super easy. Uh, earned a dollar in Bitcoin for doing something I was already going to do. Uh, and I'm clearly biased. So, you know, feel free. Um, what is it? Verify. Uh, don't trust. Um, go, go figure it out and see it. See if you earn and, and uh, do your thing. But thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, always fun. Always love the energy and uh, keep those um, uh, that strong hand. Yeah. Pound that like button. I will let you go right now because I know you've got a hard stop. We're going to we're gonna, don't worry, people. The show's not going to go too much longer, but I, I don't want to limit Ed. And I know Alex has got to jump off now. So, All Alex, right. th thank, you, thank you very much. And now Ed thank will you, get in. Get Ed, in great meeting you. Adam, always a pleasure. Take care, guys.
See you, Alex. Good. All right. Now it's it's Ed's turn for his conclusionary remarks, and he will not be limited in time. Um, I, I have a specific question before you get into it. Okay. Uh, B, B, I, we all saw BSV pumping, and then I'm looking around, and I see B Gold is pumping also, and I, I've just like it's got to be partially because of this. Now you are a B Gold dude, mm -hmm. so uh, tell us what's going on with B Gold. Tell us your opinion on uh why it did pump and and again you've got a financial background so you we were talking beforehand and you've got some you know theories on why some of these coins randomly pump and all that so uh take it away and any news that you just wanted to say that we left off whether it be b gold or anything bitcoin related okay so um uh basically i i became aware of that bump uh that happened on on i believe tuesday because i was i was prepping to be uh on an interview on blocks live and they were talking about the the top gainers and as i look at the chart i noticed suddenly BTG became a, a top gainer, and I, I ended up looking around to figure out why we're gaining. You know, we, we don't usually have like a 20% price jump in a short period of time unless we put out news, and I always know when we put out news. I'm the communications director for BTG, so I always know what's going on, and I knew we didn't say anything. Um, and the only thing that made any sense was that we were getting some residual pump because of the BSV pump, and I had to later find out it was related to the copyright thing. Now. It's not directly because of the BSV pump. Obviously, nobody's going to read that. You know, there's this copyright notice, and BSV doubles in price, and therefore BTG goes up. What I think was going on is that some people who were speculating on BSV had this huge rise. They were peeling money out and putting it into other altcoins. Because if you speculate on altcoins, you'll put money into other altcoins. And and we picked up a lot of that residual money coming out, and it happened to be well timed because our coin has been doing well. Uh, BTG has been doing well in recent weeks and recent months in terms of price action. Um, we've been doing well in the markets. A lot of people are realizing that you know we are a long-term survivor now. Um, a lot of people who were initially doubters about the BTG talked about how you know the huge pre-mine endowment got dumped. Realized now that that was completely untrue. We've got the BTG transparency page, and you can see that you know over sixty percent of the coins that were mined into that endowment are still there. Uh, because we've been very frugal with our money. We've survived crypto winter with most of the endowment intact. We're still working on developing things. Anyone who's running a node can see that we've got a new node out there. It's not publicly released yet, but you can see it on the other nodes. Um, we have been talking with a lot of exchanges and other groups about a new protocol called CCBN, uh, cross-chain block notarization, which is something we're building in the coming months to help protect against 51% attacks to make sure that everyone is safe when using BTG. We've got a lot going on, a lot going for us, and also the traders, the, the people who speculate, who, who work on technical analysis, you know, they've been looking at our charts and have decided on their own. Now, I'm, I'm not a technical analysis guy. I don't go in for that. I look at value propositions. I look at what the fundamentals are and what's being built and what's being done. But the technical analysis guys have decided that we're in a very positive position. They talk about golden crosses and other things that I, I don't follow, but they have been getting more and more bullish. So. When this BSV pump happened and some of that money started being pulled out of BSV to take profit and into other altcoins, it pushed us over a sort of tipping point. And those, those speculators brought our price right back up to 24, 25. The difference is for BSV, it doubled quickly and then gave back a large amount of that gain, which is sort of typical when you see something pump high, a lot of people take profit and bring it back down about half of its gain. BTG came up and really held its value. And that's the proposition I think we're going to see going forwards. 
you know, there aren't a lot of big entities that are interested in dumping BTG. And the ones that were obligated to sell off their BTG, places like uh, 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 BitMEX uh, was obligated to sell off their BTG because they said they'll sell the forked coins. Uh, Grayscale Investments held a, a large amount of BTC, but a year ago they sold it all off because their fund specifies that they sell off their, their, their altcoin forks. Those parties have mostly already sold off all their BTG. So the stuff that's out there isn't likely to get sold off anymore. It's mostly held in things like exchanges that never released their BTG, but they're not gonna dump it either. It belongs to their customers. So we have so many positive things going on that we have a good stable base. And when something happens that gives us a little bump, it comes up and it sticks. So that's that's been good for our project. It's been good for the coin. And I think it's good for the crypto industry. Um, you have to remember, I mean, you've, you've heard it from the way I've been talking about things during the show. Uh, BTG has never said we are Bitcoin. We never made any fraudulent claim to flame like that. But we are like Bitcoin. We're in the Bitcoin model. What we've done is extend the mining side of things out to people again. We want people to be able to use the graphics cards they already have to be able to mine crypto. Not like Bitcoin, where you have to buy an expensive ASIC from some exotic supplier. So we're just giving people the opportunity to have another way to get into crypto. Lolly's giving them a great way to get into crypto by spending their fiat and getting a little bit of crypto back. We're giving them a way to get into crypto by engaging in the mining, engaging in the security side of things, decentralizing the mining out to all of the world. So that's our mission. We're not here to buck the Bitcoin trend. We support Bitcoin, but we also support the other cryptos. And people are catching on to that, especially in parts of the world outside the U.S. You know, Alex is very U.S. focused because his company is currently U.S. focused. But in Russia, people love mining BTG. Southeast Asia, people love trading BTG. They love Bitcoin gold. Um, we're, we're, we're a global phenomenon. We're, we're not a U.S. thing. Now, again, friendly fork. That's the way I, I describe it. It's a friendly fork. It's not trying to be Bitcoin. So one thing that you brought up, um, Coinbase people still ask me this question. And trust me, there's a lot of people who foolishly keep all their Bitcoin at Coinbase and have done so for a very long time. They want to know when they're getting their B-gold. <laughs> uh, and that's, that, that is a good question. Have you heard anything about that? when Coinbase plans to credit people their Beagle from Coin, Coinbase, Coinbase does what Coinbase wants to do when Coinbase does it. And uh, anyone who wants to know whether or not we've you know, put in an application to Coinbase and, and made clear to Coinbase that we're ready to help them, of course we have. Of course we've told them that we're, we, we would like to be listed and we gave them all the information. We've shared all the details about our project. We've, we've shared our, our US written uh, 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 security opinion on the fact that Bitcoin gold is obviously not a security. We're a much safer from the SEC standpoint than many of the coins they already have listed, but it's really up to them. And there are some prominent investors in, and, 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 you know, it, it, people in the company of Coinbase that may not be BTG fans. So they've stretched it out. Um, I think it is inevitable at some point that they will either list BTG or allow people to withdraw their BTG because they hold those coins. They absolutely hold those coins and they can't just sell them off without having massive lawsuits. I think it's inevitable as the BTG price continues to rise, as utilization continues to rise, as our technology and agreements and partnerships start to get more and more traction. Um, I think it's inevitable that people will start asking again, Coinbase, when are you going to, to list this? Um, when other exchanges start listing it, which I believe some are going to start listing it, They'll say, Coinbase, why can't we trade it here? When are you going to list it? I think it's inevitable that they'll come around. But you know, 
they don't say anything publicly after the the BCH launch, the Bcash launch fiasco that they went through. You know, they they caught a ton of negative press, but also a ton of regulatory flack for that fiasco. They're not going to say anything to anyone. If they were planning to list Bitcoin Gold tomorrow, they wouldn't tell me. They'll 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 tell the world tomorrow. Bitcoin Gold will be listed as of this date in the future. Um, they're not going to share anything. They're going to be very tight-lipped going forwards. All right. All right. So before we get the final, final words, I did want to share the having show sent 20 uh, Norwegian Krona. He says, new crypto animation. Share it with Bitcoin newbies. Check out the having shows channel. Uh, just look him up on YouTube. I, I'm glad there's a dude focusing on the Bitcoin having. And by the way, I have to, I told Ed on the show before, speaking of havings, that the B gold people, they've got to get their own B gold having clock up on some site somewhere. People love it. It looks havings. like May 15th now. It looks like May 15th of next year, just the, like a week or so before uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, live again, it's a friendly fork of Bitcoin. Live off the glory of the, uh, of the having hype. B gold is going to, is going to have a having too. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. All right. Conclusionary thoughts, Ed, anything else you wanted to add? to the show, any news from the week that was left off? I, I, I have nothing but positive to say about the crypto, crypto space and about Bitcoin in particular. Uh, the thing I found remarkable when, when talking to people who are more in the traditional financial space is some of them are still asking if the bear market's over. That's absurd to me. There is no place in the world where you could see values double over the course of a couple of months and ask if the bear market is over. It's so obvious the bear market is over, but Crypto doubters are going to doubt crypto. The rest of us are just going to go on making money. All right. That is a good way to end it. Well, it's been a great week, everyone. I spoke in Long Beach last night. What's up, all everybody down in Long Beach? We will talk, I'll talk about that on Sunday's show. Tomorrow's show is the Beyond Bitcoin show. So there's a lot more to look forward to this weekend in terms of shows. Remember, I do a new show here every day. The This Week in Bitcoin show is here every Friday. It, it depends on where I am, what time it's on. But thank you, guests, for being on today. Everybody, I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. Check out the links below. Follow me on Twitter at TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T, DisruptMeister.com. Bang that bell button. Shabbat Shalom. I will see you guys tomorrow night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.